Welcome to the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, insight and training from leaders around our network. Here's your host, Ian Bird. Welcome to another LifeLinks Leadership Podcast, where we like to talk to other leaders about their areas of acumen and where God has graced them to impart to the body of Christ. And today we have uh, with us Rob Parker. He and his wife, Fran, are the founders of the National House of Prayer in Ottawa, Canada, still is connected, but has now turned the directorship over to others. He, of course, has a great burden for prayer, and we want to talk to him today about praying in turbulent times. And we are in turbulent times. As this podcast comes out, there's a war going on in Ukraine and much else in the world. And so the key is, how do we pray in times where we're up against it and how can we focus ourselves and what are some keys to enabling us to do that so i'm looking forward to talking to rob rob thank you so much and welcome to the podcast oh yeah it's good to be with you and uh we should also say that ian and i are developing a friendship we're walking together a bit and this is good so i mean even what we're discussing today we've had a chance to go over some of those ideas and it's all excellent Yes, thank you, Rob. Yes, I really enjoyed that. Rob and his wife, Fran, have also connected with us at our church a bit, and so it's been great to get to know them. So we will look through some of the things we have discussed previously and see what God might have for us. I do want you to share one thing for us, though. So Rob and Fran, they they were involved in church leadership for years, and they pastored in Victoria and also in Vernon. And then in 2004, they were called to move to Ottawa and they started the National House of Prayer, which became a center for teams to come in from around Canada to pray and spend time in the capital. They were connected to MPs and parliamentarians of all different political stripes and had prayer meetings. It's an amazing season. And that ended in 2019. Just before the pandemic, they felt called to sell that building, which was God's providence, actually, and invest that money into people and into what God was doing. But I do want to go back a bit. Just before you started the National House of Prayer, you did a massive prayer walk. Can you tell us about that? Because I think that's a very exciting story. Yeah, it was uh, clear leading from God. I had taken two years to prayer walk Vernon, where we were pastoring. And uh, when I finished that, every avenue, every street, and the Prayer was just permeating the church, too. And so uh, the Lord is very clear. I want you now to do a prayer walk from Calgary to Ottawa. And I want you to be in Ottawa July 1st, 2000. So it's quite a story of it, that it wasn't my idea. It was God. I wouldn't have come up with this idea. I tell people I was hitchhiking, but no one gave me a ride. <laughs> but no. <laughs> no, but anyway, we it was a clear call. So in the end, it, it was a small team. And, and a guy named Jack Ferguson walked equal distance as I did, and a, a small team of filling in the gaps here and there. It took 73 days of prayer walking. We entered into the, I don't know, the school of the Holy Spirit in prayer. And we learned in that time, because when you're, when you're on a highway for 10 hours and you're trying to keep consistent, your mind wanders, you go this way and that way. And, I can only and, imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're trying to stay focused. It takes real training. And... The word became central in praying the word. But also, I mean, there were times, honestly, Ian, like the truth is, there were times where I just went two hours and I, oh, I realized I hadn't been praying. And I felt like, <laughs> oh, do I have to go back now and do that? And I was thinking that's why Paul had his second and third missionary trip. But no, no, I, I had to keep going, you know. 
And it's amazing because God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So yeah. even when at those times where ah, I wasn't hitting it or I, I missed it all together, you know, the, that's not the end of the story. God is still, he sees our heart and he blesses us. And so I learned in that time that maybe 75% of prayer is not me doing the talking. It's me discerning, listening to how God is answering and how God is leading. And that became just an absolute uh, essential for establishing the National House of Prayer in Ottawa. So, wow, yeah. that is quite a story. Three months of walking every day. How, was it 50 kilometers a day? How many kilometers did you walk? Yep, it was 50 kilometers a day. And me and Jack did that for the first three weeks every day together. But we were going to crater <laughs> our feet. I had blown out a, a couple of shoes already. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so we went to 25 each, right? And then filling in here and there. Oh, I get it. That's perfect. Well, that's powerful. No, I, I wanted everyone to hear about that because I think it shows the commitment to prayer that you have and the background of prayer, which it's interesting that out of your obedience to do that prayer walk, God gave you the vision for the National House of Prayer, which has yeah. you know, been very fruitful through the years. Now you live in Airdrie, Alberta. I forgot to mention that at the start. So you're right in our neck of the woods here. And, and um, we have a couple in Ottawa. They're doing a fabulous job, Chris and Marilyn. And teams are able to come there when they open up the parliament for visitors because of, again, COVID restrictions. But We've got a motel that is said to us, these guys are Christians, an awesome motel. People can stay with us. You can do your prayer at our motel. You can do teach there. And so it's just like, praise God. God's uh, putting all the pieces together. And you don't have to own the building uh, right. and have all those expenses, but you've got a place so people can still come. Well, there you go. There's something for our LifeLinks leaders who may be interested there's still an opportunity coming with the National House of Prayer to go down there and take teams. That's exciting. Well, let's shift into this topic of praying in turbulent times and, and how we do that. And I think the first thing you and I were talking about, Rob, was just what are some of the important things to consider right away? You're in tough times. Maybe it's a tragedy in your own family. Maybe it's a difficulty or things around you just are so turbulent. What do you do to focus yourself? How can you shift your attention? So I'll let you start and we'll go from there. Well, okay. So I really feel that we can get so eaten up with focusing on what's going on, whether it's a war in, in Europe or whether it's things regarding our, our own nation that are concerning. In our example, when people get so focused on government that that's what they got to change. They got to change government and they end up thinking in terms, all we need is the right person in government, then we'll have a good nation. It doesn't work like that. It never has worked like that. It's not about one individual. And it's the wrong focus because we end up really, we're not saying it, but we're saying in one way by our motive of our heart that our savior is government and it's not government. So we need to really ask ourselves and ask the Holy Spirit to search us because if we're rocked by those things around us and our world is rocked, then perhaps our focus is on the wrong thing. Very good. I love Hebrews 12, where it says, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. And so there's different ways we do that, but jump in, Ian. Well, I, exactly. And I think just one of the thoughts for you as we discuss this is even what we consume with media. I know sometimes even during this whole COVID crisis, 
There was periods of time where, to be honest, I didn't want to hear anymore. And I heard from other people, other friends of mine, other leaders who were saying, I had to kind of take a bit of a media fast for a bit because I was so consumed with all the data and details and thoughts and theories. And I was just all in turmoil. And all of a sudden I had to go, you know what? I am consuming too much of this and I need to pull back for a season and I need to focus on the word and I need to focus on my relationship with God. So I would agree with you on that. And I think that's, the why, other that's thing, why you're the leader of LifeLinks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think I'm the leader, the team leader of LifeLinks International in spite of myself, believe me. <laughs> I, I think the other thing, when we talk about what we focus on, what we're looking at, like f- keeping our eyes on Jesus, it's also what we're listening to and, and what's the focus of our natural and our spiritual ears. And so again, what are we taking in? What are we hearing? But also the, that sp- those spiritual ears, are we taking the time to spend that personal devotional time with God, you know, where we're actually spending time listening? I know this morning I had a lot going on as busy days right now. seems like there's a lot to accomplish. But I found that by quieting myself and just taking some silence for a period of time this morning in the midst of my other prayers and even reading the word, just that period of silence and sitting I felt the peace of the Lord enter me so I think there's an element of Lord I'm listening to you and I want to hear you what would your thoughts be about that Rob well absolutely I you've heard me teach on this before I I try and help people engage in the dialogue of prayer and not just the monologue we can tend to come with a list of our our monologue and, and if we're anxious about stuff man we can just fire them off and there that's it I've done my prayer And now I'm going to go and, but it's seldom that I see people who are willing to get into a place, a consistent place of praying and the word and allowing God to answer how they're praying, right? And so it's call to me and I will answer, right? And then it goes on and I will teach you great and mighty things you do not yet know. And so, like, you're right, we need eyes and we need ears. We need to see what God is doing around us, and we need to hear what God is saying to us. And in spite of media that, you know, we can press into, you know, really, okay, God, what are, what's your take on this? How, how should we be praying about this? There have been so many times where in my flesh, I wanted to curse a government leader, you know, I wanted to, like, like, you know, <laughs> and, and God's, no. You, I've called you to pray for them. Are, are you praying for them? Maybe if you prayed for wow. them, you wouldn't be feeling like you need to curse them. And so when I've begun to really press in in a meaningful way to pray for government leaders, I've actually had a greater capacity to love that individual leader and, and to um, really press in to bless them. I may not agree with them, but I can certainly press in to bless them. Yeah. So again, that, that place of hearing from God. That's powerful. And I like the, the part where you're saying, what is God's take on this? What is his view? And I, we were in our, our microchurch gathering on Sunday. We have a, a group that we meet with, um, a smaller group in our church, and we were studying prayer. And one of the things that we noticed in scripture, we were reading through the scriptures on the laying on of hands. And so in the book of Acts, they would lay hands on, on people to set them in as leaders. And then there's Publius I believe on Cyprus and they laid hands on him to be healed. And there's so many stories of that, but it's interesting. There was something that stood out to us as a group that we'd never seen before. And that was that 
the scripture says that they prayed and then they laid hands on them. And I'd always seen the two together. Like they prayed, they, they laid hands on them, they prayed, but they prayed before they laid hands on them. Then they laid hands on them. And that was like a revelation for us. And we were thinking, what was that all about? Well, they were listening to God, of, I think, about what he wanted to impart to them. They weren't just assuming, I'm going to pray for healing for this person. And I'm just going to lay hands on them. They were listening to God, and then they knew how to pray. And then they laid hands, for example, on Publius, Paul did, and he was healed. And so that just fits into that listening mode. Perfect. Well, just to uh, back that up and emphasize what you're saying, in Acts 14, it says that they went around and they appointed elders, right? And But it says, like you said, after prayer and in uh, those cases, fasting. Yes. And so that's huge because fasting and prayer go hand in hand. But in, when we need to have revelation, where we're lacking revelation, fasting is more of a, a focus inward on you than it is to move the hand of God. But it's exactly right because so when they prayed for those individuals, right? After prayer and fasting, they didn't come from their own kind of cookie cutter imagination that, oh, he needs to be just like me. If he was like me, he'd be successful. No, no, no. We lay all that down and God becomes bigger and we begin to walk in a place of discernment of the spirit into what is going to bless that particular individual and what is their particular spiritual bent in how they're going to be used of God. So it's really powerful. Yeah, no, that's that's great, Rob. Thank you. Uh, like I said, for our group, that was a revelation. We just really meditated on how we shouldn't be just hasty to do things or even lay hands on people. And it says don't be hasty, but I think part of the haste is let's pause and listen to the Holy Spirit and let him instruct us as we lay hands for prayer or even to release people in the ministry. So that was, that was exciting. So the other thing is that we talked about is when we're in times of turbulence or difficulty or challenge is focus what we can do in prayer and begin right away rather than feeling overwhelmed by the big picture or even waiting for others to do something. I might feel like, oh my goodness, Ukraine is at war. How will my prayers make a difference? How will little old me praying for Ukraine is it even worth it? It's such a big thing. Whereas just doing what I know to do, maybe you have some thoughts about that, Rob. Well, it's typical. There's so often, I don't have a clue how I'm going to pray into something, you know, I like, I don't, I don't know what to, you know, I, I all I've got is this information from the newspaper or that. But, but, you know, that's okay, too. Sometimes we think, I just don't, but we have Romans, like for, for example, Romans 8 says, when you do not know what you ought to pray, the Holy Spirit will come alongside us and help us or coach us. And, and literally, even our kind of effort at trying to pray and really hit a mark, however bad it is, the Holy Spirit can come and take whatever you are offering from your heart and use it in a powerful way. Why? To bring about God's will in how we're praying which is wonderful. And, and so, yeah, I, I know that challenge and that the, the biggest challenge is don't, don't get in that place where prayer can try and become a performance, even to yourself. Rather, go into that place low and come in like, okay, now God, I'm just coming with what I think I should be praying and begin praying. And that's honestly, Ian, where I love the word, praying the word, because God begins to show you things, especially when you are not just trying to find your favorite verse, but go through it systematically and watch God 
meet you and give you the very things that you ought to be praying for in, for the very subject that you're looking at. I love that. That is so good. And there are so many good prayers. Just last Friday, I grabbed my old Bible that, that I've had since I was in, in my teens, and I'd underlined all the apostolic prayers in the epistles. And I went through them, and I just went through the apostolic prayers, praying for myself, praying that God would release this. And it, it was so powerful. There, those prayers are really powerful, and, and the word is powerful. The other thing I thought was interesting that you said was about the Holy Spirit coaching us. I like that terminology, that he's like the, the prayer coach. We yeah. don't know how to pray. Like I said, sometimes we're just like overwhelmed. And it's like, well, coach, what's the next play? And he's like, exactly. well, here's where you start. I want you to take this. And it could be too that, you know, with something like the war in Ukraine or whatever, God gives us a specific focus or he says, I want you to zero in on this or he gives us a specific burden. And um, I know right now we have people that are connected with our network, Anatoly Bele, out of Harvest City Church in Regina. He's a, a pastor there. And he comes from Ukraine. So we have a very direct contact, him and his mother is a pastor there. And so we have these needs that are very close to us because of him. So that helps, right, to have a focus like that as well. One other way that can really help us at that time to focus in is a song. Like sometimes where I'm, I'm really not sure I'm hitting things. I don't feel necessarily the spirits amen <laughs> sometimes if i'm in a place where I, I feel like i'm kind of hitting a wall worship go into this song like honestly our song as long as a hymn written before 1886 <laughs> just <teasing laughs> but our, our, our song when it comes from the heart is a prayer you know and you are calling on the name of the lord like i was praying for someone very close to us and i was praying on christ the solid rock i stand and i went into the realm of the spirit in this hymn right in this song and it's really sometimes a cutting edge you, when you look at paul and silas and they're in prison in the philippine yeah. jail that they've been beaten badly and they're chained up and at midnight they were singing hymns and you compare that with uh, what is it ephesians 5 Colossians 3, and it talks about being filled with the Spirit or letting the Word of Christ dwell richly in you. And then it goes into singing songs and spiritual songs. And, and, and all of a sudden, oh man, there is a weapon even in our song, you know, so good. to keep us focused on the Lord that God will battle for us. Like, there you go, Jehoshaphat putting the worship leaders first, right? And, and I feel like that can break through in the heavenlies. You know, the enemy... Mary Schlesinger, she said, I sing the doxology and I dismiss the devil. Oh. <laughs> so, I mean, there are things like that that can be a very, very huge tool for us as in that place of staying focused. And worship is a big one. It's very high on my list and I think on probably all our lists. I think you raise a good point in that sometimes we can forget that and we don't see worship for the weapon that it is. We think of it as something extra. Obviously, it's honoring God and it's worship, but it's a weapon that he puts in our mouths to Amen. honor him. And when we worship, we lift him up and there's a release of his power and his working in our midst. That's why it's so key to teach our children songs, faith songs, biblical songs, I you know Jesus loves me this I know like teach our children these songs so that they have that song in them they can pull it up whenever they they need it and that is powerful 
because our children can be strong in this place of prayer and worship, you know? I like that. I like that. And I think just even talking with you, Rob, just the sense that there are so many different ways that we can pray. Sometimes we get really locked in. I, I know that obviously you're a prayer walker and historically, but currently, I know you prayer walk all the time and it's good for you physically, but it's also a way for you to connect with the Lord. And I think all of us, when we feel overwhelmed and we feel overcome by life, getting out and walking around our neighborhoods and, and seeking the Lord or going into the room, closing the door and just worshiping in that tough moment and hearing his heart and sensing his perspective can change everything. I, I know we also talked, Rob, about determining what we would be controlled by emotionally. I think you were just talking about that. Whereas David saying, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you so distraught? I'm going to trust in God. I'm going to take my focus and I'm going to put it on you again. And that's what you were saying with the worship. Amen. And praise and thanksgiving. I mean, it says, I will enter your courts with praise. I will enter your courts with thanksgiving in my heart. I, I think sometimes this is where we can sharpen one another, especially in marriages. And let's put it this way clearly, Ian. Our in marriages, husbands and wives need to learn to pray together. Hopefully they are, but if they're not, they must, right? It's good, good This idea of sharpening one another in praise and thanksgiving, because... Uh, so, so often guys can be awkward in this place, you know, like, oh man, if I, I got to pray now with her and she's going to think I'm, I was a schmuck all day. And now I got to, uh, now I got to be this holy guy. I'm going to pray. Like that's the enemy trying to have a heyday with us. Right. No kidding. And, and <laughs> we got it. We got to shed that off. And sometimes, okay, press the button, put on a worship song or something and begin to get lost in, and men take the lead in that. Take a okay. leap, go into that place of worship in praise and thanksgiving. And thank you, God, even though I, I was a bit of a jerk today, I thank you for cleansing me now. And I'm just, yeah, you know, and stay in that. Like when we create houses of prayer in our homes, in our marriages, okay. like, wow, but we've got to do it. Let's get some men who have guts there and are not afraid to say, I have a hard time with this one, but I'm going to press through it. Really that's, that's needed. Really good, Rob. And I always love, obviously, when you talk about feeling condemned and being heavy and feeling like I'm not yeah. worthy. I love Romans 8. Romans yeah. 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, right? For those in Christ. Able to cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. And, and present ourselves again, even when we feel we've, we've failed. That's so good. So we've talked a lot to this point about having a proper focus. You know, what we're hearing, what we're seeing through worship, changing and shifting our hearts toward the Lord, settling our spirits down. I know sometimes part of the issue is our spirits inside of us. We're, we're in turmoil and the worship and the calming ourselves, even silence, as I said earlier, can calm us down. But once we've kind of done that and, and we want to continue on in prayer, what are some of the keys ongoing for us just to have a good prayer life? Well, sometimes as God meets us, jot down a couple of things that he might be saying. Usually it's, for me, it's usually a verse and, and then he builds on it. When you begin to pray the word, I'll just make a little plug here. There, you are opening a door for heaven to touch you, heaven and his word to touch you. So it's not just your words going up to heaven in prayer, but God's words coming back at you from heaven. His word is written in the heavenlies. That's what it tells us, right? In Psalm 119. So when you begin to, take your time and pray the word 
the spirit begins in this process of applying the word, applying it to you or applying it to a situation, applying it to someone you're praying for. And now you've got a real thing happening of marriage of the word and spirit. So when those things happen, jot down a couple things. Because when that begins, God, we tend to think, well, I had my half hour of prayer and now that's it. Good. It was wonderful. And then we're off to it. God hasn't left that place of prayer. Oh, I right? love that. You, you may have, but God says, well, I'm a 24-7 God. I'm with you right now. <laughs> you know? You've left that place. You've had your little prayer time, but I'm with you now, and I'm going to remind you of what I was saying to you and apply it even further, because layer by layer, I'm going to take you deeper. And you've just opened the door now to enter into the journey of prayer, which is not just about an event that happens for half an hour. You've entered into a relationship of walking in prayer with the Lord. And it's all about this idea of prayer without ceasing and begin to see God remind you and speak to you at times where, oh, he's reminding me. And as you begin to write or journal some of those points down, you are building in yourself a strong, this is how the Lord's leading me. And not only have I written it down for myself, but it's that I may be sanctified. Why? So that God through me may sanctify others. Right? That's powerful. That is so good. What a picture. So you literally all day as you've had your main prayer time, but you continue to have prayer times, you're listening. And when the Holy Spirit says, Rob, remember, I encourage you to pray for this, or here's another thought about how you could pray for that. You quickly write it down and remind yourself. That's so powerful. I wouldn't say that I have postured myself to be in the prayer life all day. That would be a bit of a lie on my part. I'd like to say it, but it's not. But, but, but God is in that place, right? Yeah. And therefore, he reminds me during the day, okay, Rob, stop doing this right now. Think for a minute what I said to you this morning. Aha, here you go. Now apply it. We show our love to him by our obedience to what he begins to show us, right? And... Um, becomes powerful. So. I, I really like that. That actually is a different picture that God remains in the place of prayer. Even when you and I are about our stuff and doing the things right, he's still in that place of wanting to commune with us. And if we've left, what I'm hearing from you is if our posture, even while we're busy and doing our job, if our posture inside and in our hearts is still, God, speak to me, teach me, I'm open, then right. he can come and tap us on the shoulder anytime during the day. And we're like, right. yes, Lord. And that's what I'm hearing from you. That's really revelatory, Rob. Thank you. Oh, I really God. like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. You were talking a bit about this whole idea of not being content with surface prayers, but, but going deeper. Maybe you can yeah. dig into that a bit more. What, what does that mean? How can we get beyond just surface prayers? Well, we can just simply be what I would call shallow places. I'm just praying the news, for example. Or, you know, I, okay, there it is. I'm praying it pretty much just commenting, God, we, you know, this is what they're saying. We pray that, and that's okay. I mean, it's better than no prayer, right? But now ask God to take you deeper. God, what about this issue now that I'm praying for Ukraine? Take me deeper in how to pray into that. And so a few things can begin. I, I love, I'll use the word. I go deeper in the word. So I'm not content with surface prayer. I need to posture myself to go deeper. What is really coming through? How is God leading me in how I'm praying? Well, just the other day, God, we put these as prayer points that we sent out, but just how we are praying for the uh, 
European community, but the Polish churches and some of what they've been engaged in doing. So we pressed in for pastors. We pressed in for the leaders to, you know, and so that was just an example. All the keys that we've said so far can take us into a deeper place, the worship component. Sometimes when we pray only out of our minds and our judgments, it's, it's just not good enough. We need to go more vertical and get, okay, God, what are you saying? So I'm not just praying out of my own perceptions or my own judgments, but I'm really coming in where, God, you're now showing me things I never could have thought of myself. This is supernatural. And that's where I would encourage people to go. No, I'm fasting as well. I, I teach seminars on fasting. but yeah. Well, I, I commend you for that. I think that that is, uh, some, in some ways, can be a lost art. The interesting thought, I'll share this with you. So I mentioned about our microchurch, our small group gathering on Sunday, and how we read through all these scriptures on prayer, and we were discovering together truths that we really hadn't seen. It was exciting. And one of them was this aspect of how many times in fasting and prayer they made decisions. They had to make decisions, but they came and they worshiped and they fasted and prayed. And then the Holy Spirit says, separate unto me Paul and Barnabas, for example, for the work that I have for them. It's interesting that after, in that passage, after the Holy Spirit said, separate me, they didn't stop there. It actually says they prayed and fasted further after that. And I think they were trying to discern okay, a second fast. Yeah. yeah. Well, what does that mean? And where do we send them? And, and what's, you know, you know, I, I love that. There was a good example of going deeper because when they said in, in prayer and fasting, they were trying to figure out how do they engage themselves into the turning point of the book of acts and and when they said the holy spirit said so we sometimes we imagine like all of a sudden audible voice came and said do this right personally i doubt it no personally as they were all together in prayer god was saying to one oh it's not good that paul is on his own in this one man he needs someone to go with him and barnabas is going thinking the same thing like and then he's thinking i need to be that one yeah. and then someone else is saying something and this person says hey I just had this kind of revelation, like, Barnabas, would you consider going with him? And he goes, yes, yes, yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> there was agreement of the Holy like Spirit it. in their midst, right? And, you know, the prayer of Ma Matthew 18, the prayer of agreement, wherever two or three agree in my name, there I am in the midst. And so all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit becomes the holy conductor in Acts 13. Love and it. boom, you know, leads them in what they pray. And now they're right on track. And so they went deeper. They went deeper, right? Yeah, I agree. And that's what we saw. I think that for the first time, we kind of saw the layers of that as they sought God. They, they got the more general word, okay, these two are meant to go. But I think then they drilled deeper. Well, where are they supposed to go? When are they supposed to go? And then they yeah. sent them out. And so here's what we did. We are making some decisions as a microchurch, as a small group. We're making some decisions about the next few months. And so I pulled the leaders together right after we had the gathering. And I said, hey, listen, because we had a meeting last night about it. And uh, I said, let's put into practice what we just learned today. Would you guys fast and pray tomorrow? Let's all fast. And then we'll come together tomorrow night and we'll share what we're hearing. And that will instruct our decisions. I mean, yeah. it's not radical. This is biblical, right? Yeah. But Rob, let me just say this. I realized personally how many times... I've had meetings and called meetings. We're going to plan and do this. And we didn't do that. We all came without maybe even prior thinking or prayer. And we came and maybe we prayed a prayer or we prayed a, a little bit and we said, God, help us. And then we just kind of fleshed it out and worked it out. 
I'm just saying, I was personally challenged. Like, so, so, so we did that last night. It was amazing. And pastors, I'm, I, I hope you're all listening to this leader of the lifelinks that <laughs> all the board meetings make sure that prayer is meaningful. Posture your elders in that place where they're calling on the name of the Lord. Watch the whole thing take off. God well, I think we're we're all being <laughs> challenged, and I know I am. Like, it's too easy to lead out of your mind. It's too. Oh, no, there are some really awesome examples. I get to meet these guys, Ian. I've met I've met pastors and leaders different places across Canada. I've walked with them, and I've met with some awesome prayer warriors that no one knows except the Lord knows who they are, and it's been wonderful. You know, wow. go deeper with these guys, and that's Love the it. other one. Get together with someone else. Get to get, men get together with another guy, and purpose. Go out there and say, "Okay, we're going on our iron sharpening iron walk right now." And this guy's going like, "It drives me crazy, Ian. If I go to a meeting and I'm talking about the subject, and I can see on the body language, maybe of one or two guys, there's no chance. I'm not. I don't like prayer. No, I'm not going there. And if there's any kind of call to pray, I'm not even going to get up." that drives me nuts but <laughs> it would it would i get that but i love to get these guys aside sometimes and then begin to walk with them more is better just i remember one guy listen he he had hair down to to his backside and he was a former biker he became a christian and all that's all good and he was trying to grow as a christian right and and he wanted a job in the church and so big tattoos guy was six four and he wanted to um, be one of the uh, welcomers at the church. And I'm going, oh. <laughs> be the greeter at the door. <laughs> yeah. And we let him. And it was a bit of a challenge because one day this family showed up and the two daughters were dressed inappropriately. And he said, you can't come to church like that. You have to go home and get changed. And the mother and dad were kind of offended, but he sent them away. But you know what? He was right. <laughs> so, like, but anyway he came to me one day in my office and said hey i need you to help me in prayer because he said you talk about prayer all the time but i can't if i can get five seconds that's all i can handle it makes me wonder if i'm even a christian so i began a process with him so we'd get a, a verse out i'd read a verse he would read it and then i'd ask him to okay i'm going to pray and just duplicate what i pray in your own words Okay, he just went for 30 seconds. He just tripled his prayer life. You know? <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> and then, eventually, though, Ian, he was going for 30 minutes. Wow. And then I found out, he came in one day and he was all kind of dressed up. He had his hair trimmed and all. And he, and he said, the reason I was really asking you to help me in prayer, because it's coming up to Mother's Day, and it happens to be my wife's birthday, and I have wanted to learn how to pray because on Mother's Day, I, I found her diary before, I forgot that bit, how she was praying in her diary for a husband who would pray. And so I've been secretly learning how to pray. So on Mother's Day, I'm taking her for a half hour walk. And I'm going to pray. Oh, with my wife. what an amazing story. So he gave her this gift and she probably was blown away. Like, really? She was blown away. Blown 30 away. minutes. Rob, I love the graduated approach that you talked about. We always talk about take the next step, but I think even for those listening, whatever area that we're leading in, or regardless of whether we're leaders or not, we're all Christians, we're all believers, and we all want to connect with the Father. And I like the idea, just take the next step. So wherever I'm at in prayer right now, I want to go deeper, take the next step. How, how do I do that? What do I incorporate from 
even what you've shared today. What are some things I can bring in? I like that. I like the thing you said, more is better when it mm -hmm. comes to prayer. More is better. And one of the things I get from talking with you is uh, more is also varied. It, it, it is not just one way. What I see from just kind of watching you and your life and how you live, it's a weaving in of prayer throughout your life and letting Holy Spirit prompt you. I think that's so exciting. Do you have any other final thoughts for us? And well, then we'll, we'll have you pray be, for us. Don't be so serious. <laughs> like I, just, <laughs> I mean, yes and no. Prayer is a really important subject and it's a serious subject. But sometimes we can be so serious about ourselves. We need to be able to laugh at ourselves. And, and then, you know, we, we can better celebrate. Don't be afraid to say it. That's what I was like. But wow, things are really happening and changing. And that can be so wonderful and life-giving to someone else. I, I think it's one thing that we talk about, how do I grow? How do I go deeper in prayer? But then we have to come to that important question, right? How is this being multiplied to someone else? Yeah. How am I being used to bless someone else? And we're blessed so we can be a blessing. And so the guy that sits there with his arms crossed, and is, you know, build that relationship with him and say, hey, we're going to go for a walk and go take him to a meal and then pray out loud at the meal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I like that. Well, back to your descriptions of the Holy Spirit. You called the Holy Spirit the coach, right? We don't know how we ought to pray, but he knows and he prays through us. He's the coach, and you also called him a conductor of prayer. And, you know, in these prayer gatherings where he's leading everyone as to how to pray. I love that. And so maybe here's the thing. If the Holy Spirit's the coach and conductor, maybe he's calling us at times to be a coach and conductor for others by his Absolutely. grace, right? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm hearing from you. Well, this has been really rich. And I just want to say for those listening that the passion that Rob has for prayer is contagious because it's hitting me. I'm getting all stirred up. I mean, I'm ready to, but once we shut down, I got to go have a prayer meeting. I mean, that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> but, but there is a real passion that Rob carries. He carries a real anointing in this area. And so I believe that a lot of what we shared today, if we'll ponder it and consider it for ourselves, that God will help all of us wherever we're at to go to the, the next level. I, I have a question for you, uh, Rob, and then and if you could pray for us. We always finish with each guest praying for our network. But I wonder, for resources, if people want to get a hold of, say, National House of Prayer and get your your prayer bulletin that you send out every week. And even if they wanted to contact you somehow, how would they do that? Well, I, I'm at rob at nhop.ca is, is an email. Okay. Info at nhop.ca or, you know, just our website, nhop.ca. They can go on there and there are resources there, but also they can get our regular prayer bulletin. I teach every Thursday morning. I've got over, well, I sh this is not a boast. There's over 40 subjects that we've developed on prayer. And so I have a group of about 20, 25, 30 people that regularly come on every week and I teach them. And that's wonderful. That's awesome. So back to the emails. So you can go to info at nhop.ca. So nhop.ca, National House of Prayer. And then yeah. rob at nhop.ca, National House of Prayer.ca. And even just the website. Rob, would you pray for LifeLinks International and just for us in our prayer lives and just uh, that God would guide us? All right. John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified 
that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. And so, Father, I thank you, God, just for the opportunity to share now. And I thank you, God, for, Lord, you've brought us into life, fullness of life. You've brought us into that realm, God, where we would be those who communicate regularly with our Heavenly Father. And thank you, Lord, that there you've delivered us from competition. You've delivered us from that place where we would compete with one another. And that, Lord, you've brought mm -hmm. us onto that level playing field that we can all say together, more is better. Yeah. And help us, God, to continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of who you are. Meet us in this place, Lord. Meet all these different individuals, God, who are able to watch this. Meet them as they call upon you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that in all of our lives, that, God, we'd be able to say, well, look, I was here in my prayer life. Now I'm here. That we would be growing in this call of prayer. And then, Lord, I pray you will do abundantly more than we could ask or imagine that you would be glorified but lord that our prayers would mark us that we wouldn't just be those yeah. who are trying to carry on a religious routine so but good. god in this place of prayer in this place of relationship that we would be marked individuals that people would know that we would prove that we are your disciples because as we pray things happen that people would notice and that, Lord, your name would be exalted and glorified. Help us, God, to do as Ian has said, to try to coach those who are right now needing help in this area of prayer and be a conductor, God, in our corporate prayer times, Lord, that we would all be sensitive to your leading, that you would be exalted. And so I just bless everyone who's listening and bless them, God. May your name be glorified through them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boy, that was a good prayer. Thank you, Rob. Uh, we received that. And uh, thank you to everyone today who uh, was listening. We really appreciate that. If you would, if you like this podcast, could you share it for us on social media? Let other people know about it, even beyond our network. This can be a resource and a tool to others. And we want to do that. And so please let them know. Thanks again, Rob, for giving us this time today. Lord bless you, brother. And I know God has great things for you moving forward. So everyone listening, God bless you. You have a great day and we'll be back again soon. Amen. Thank you for joining us for the LifeLinks Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at lifelinks.org.